Uh, I'm talking about today generosity and power. Everybody say generosity and power. You don't think of giving as something powerful, but it is. Um, through our generosity, we release the power of the Holy Spirit. Through our giving, we release the power of the Holy Spirit. So, uh, you know, I can't just go on without recognizing Joel's hat today. Uh, that That's beautiful, Joel. You look you look like an elf, a large one. Uh, but that that's very nice. That's very nice. And... Uh, it's very cute. All right, so he's getting us in the holiday spirit. But uh, so so Jesus is the one who teaches us about generosity because he gave everything for you and me. Can I get an amen? He did. He gave everything for you and me. So therefore, it's up to you and me to just respond to that generosity. When somebody is generous to you, don't you feel like being generous back to them? Don't you? I sure do. Well, today I want to give you a secret to great power in your life. And uh, let's turn to the next slide, which is shows 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It says, the point is, and that's actually what it says in the word, the point is, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. You just plant a few seeds, you can't expect uh, an abundant crop. If you sow a few seeds, you will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So it makes sense, doesn't it, that we should sow bountifully. Donna and I are learning this lesson. We've tried to live this all of our life together as a married couple, but we're wanting to learn it again, how to sow bountifully into other people's lives, and then we get to see greater rewards coming back. Now, there's a, there's a problem with thinking this way of where, well, I'm going to give in order to get something. You know, when you do that, you're not giving anymore. You're, you're more just thinking about yourself. What, what can I get out of this? But when you truly give, you can't. <laughs> I, I heard someone uh, say, you cannot outgive God. And, and I do believe that that's true. There was a woman in YWAM, a friend of Lori's, who one summer decided she just wanted to try it out. She was going to experiment an experiment of faith to see if she could give more than God gave to her. So every time she got a gift, a financial gift, because they all, and YWAM, they all live on support. You don't earn any money, you just live on support. So every time she got a check for, in the mail from somebody, she would give the whole thing away and say, okay, God, I dare you. And she would give it all away, <laughs> and then she would get twice as much in the mail the next day. And it just kept going like that all summer long, and it ended up at the end of the summer, she couldn't outgive God. He just surprised her and he took care of things. And it was like, ah, I can't outgive him. He gives more to me than I can give to him. Now, I want to give an opportunity later in the, in the message for you to give a testimony. Because I'm sure that in this room, there are people who will be able to, to share that. And we've got the microphone somewhere. Donna's got it here and she's going to come around to you. So you just start thinking. You can share how God has given to you and how he has been faithful. Well, um, so that verse says, whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So we're talking about power today and we're talking about the kingdom resource. And then in the second Corinthians passage, it goes on to say, each one must give, each one must give as he has decided in his heart. So if you've decided in your heart, you know, I really need to tithe. I need to give 10% of my income to God. 
you decide that. Don't let anybody persuade you otherwise. You just go with what you've decided. You should give what you've decided in your heart, not reluctantly. Don't go, oh, here we go, tithe. (sighs) Don't do like that. Or under compulsion, oh, well, I guess I better do it. You're forcing me, pastor, forcing me to give again. For God loves, what kind of a giver? Cheerful giver. So I've been in churches where it's kind of fun, where someone will say, okay, it's time for the offering. And the whole church will go, yay, start clapping and jumping up and down. And of course, it's a little forced and they kind of train their people to do that. But it's fun. It's fun, you know, when you have this joyful spirit during the offering time. And I hope you guys feel good when you when you give your tithes. I sure do. I love to give. I just love to give. And Donna and I have decided we are going to give tithes no matter what. We're going to give tithes rather than eat if we have to. We're going to give tithes rather than pay bills, other bills if we have to, because God is our provider. He is our provider, and we are going to be faithful to that. So the message today is about encouraging you to be faithful in your tithing. And then the last verse of this Corinthians that I'm going to read, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. Now, who needs some grace in this room? Boy, don't we all? I sure do. I need grace. Who needs all grace? Wow, that's pretty cool. I'll take all the grace. I'll take all the grace God will give me. He is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, (laughs) you may abound in every good work. Wow. Soak that in for a minute. All grace abound to you. So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times. So all things includes your home. All things includes your car. All things include your investments and your properties and your um, piggy banks. All things. And when? All times. All times. When when it gets really cold and your heating bill goes up uh, at, at the, the time of the depression, at the time of the financial crisis, even at those times, all grace will abound to you. Okay, we are living in a great place, folks. We are living in a great place and a great time. It's this time, the time when all God's grace abounds to you and in every good work. Now, that last phrase is interesting. So that you may abound in every good work. Here's the context of this message. God is saying that you and I are to be in prosperity so that we may be liberal with the giving to the needs that are around us. So that it kind of excites me because what that means is there are needs everywhere. Anybody not have any needs? <laughs> Anybody in a living in a world where there are needs out there, you run into people with needs? Wouldn't it be cool? I mean, I would love to be able to just, you know, go up to somebody and say, you know, I just feel like the Lord moved on my heart. I'm going to pay for your house. Boom. I give you a couple hundred thousand dollars. Boy, that'd be, that'd be kind of fun to do. Well, it would be fun. It would be really fun to be able to do that. Hey, I'd like to give you a car. Hey, I'd like to, I'd like to buy you a boat. But then it does say every good work, right? Every good work. So the work that we are able to abound in is a good one. Hey, I'd like to pay for the salary for those missionaries for a year. Boom. Just give it to them. That, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Good work. I'd love to be in abundance to such a degree that you give so much that God, see, God, it's like God has all this, all this money. 
and he just wants to pour it. He's looking for someone he can pour it out through. But you know what happens is he'll give some to us and he'll say, I want you to give that to someone. You're like, I need to hold on to this because I got to pay bills, man. You know, and God's saying, come on, I wanted you to give that. You know, I do think that we need to abound in every good work. So on the next slide here, I just want to open us up to this thought. We have a chance to shape history by our generosity. So folks, I want us to be a church that's known for its generosity. And I know that New Life Fellowship was a church that was known for that. I know that. And so basically what I'm saying is I want to continue in that. Light of the Nations is a church made up primarily, largely of refugees. But you know, we've done some pretty cool things over the years. Earthquake victims, we've been able to send thousands of dollars off to them, just given by refugees, uh, making a minimum wage jobs. And they're giving, they're generous. And that's awesome. And I love that. And God has blessed us as a church because of that. So I'm looking for us to just continue in that, in that way. So with our generosity, could I have some water? Uh, in our generosity, we can shape history. We can change the course of history through our generosity. We are not going to be the kind of people who with fear count every penny. To look for pennies everywhere, to pinch our pennies, to try to hold on to every one. We should be the kind of people looking, I've got some pennies here, where can I give it away? We should be looking for chances to give it away. I, um, I'm excited to think that way. Where can I give that? I get a sudden blessing, a special blessing. I'm automatically thinking, where is there a need that I can... I want us to think that way as a church. Um, look for places to be generous. We should be people of abundance who always have something to give. So you meet a family and you notice those shoes are falling apart on those kids. And, oh, you know, it's a good thing. I have 200 bucks in my pocket. Here, Mom, buy some shoes for your kids and do it right before the next snowstorm. In, wouldn't that be cool just to be able to do that out of the abundance that God gives us? So there's a story in the Bible uh, of, of a woman who gave her two copper coins, a widow. She's extremely poor, and she gave the two copper coins. Jesus was watching in the temple, and people were coming in with their, the, the Pharisees, rich guys, were coming in with their big dollar amounts, and they were putting it in in front of everybody. They probably brought a crowd of people to watch them put it in the box. And then here comes this widow with her two copper coins, and she drops them in without any fanfare, walks away, and Jesus says to his disciples, you see that woman? She gave more than all those other guys. And they're thinking, what are you talking about? Those guys gave $1,000. She just gave two pennies. And Jesus said she gave everything she had. And God sees it. God sees that generosity, and God blesses it. That's the promise we have in Scripture. God blesses that generosity. And in fact, generosity is one of the evidences of righteous living. So you live a generous life, it's a way to live a righteous life. If you feel like, you know, I don't know if I'm living right, well, a good way to check into it is how generous are you? Are you being generous? Are you being generous with what you have, with others, with your time? I'm sometimes not so generous with my time because I'm pretty busy. And so I like to hold on to my time and not just give it away. But I do definitely want to be a generous person with my time, with my finances, and I'm looking for opportunities to be generous in whatever ways I can give. We should all think that way. How can I give today? How can I give? How can I be generous? 
Praise the Lord. Let's be those who live righteously. Giving should be the normal Christian life. Everything that God made gives. The clouds give rain. The leaves of the trees give off oxygen. Um, Everything that he has, everything that he's created gives off. The sun gives off warmth and light. The moon gives off a reflection of beauty. Um, Everything that God created gives something. We shouldn't be any different. And he's given us a capacity to even abound in our giving. To not be giving is against God's nature. To be selfish and just to hold it all to myself is not God's nature. And we go against his nature when we do that. In fact, the point of this teaching, I want you to look at this one now. This, uh, see this money tree <laughs> where the dollar, the fives and tens and twenties and hundreds are falling off this tree? You know, I, I, uh, we used to meet refugees at the airport and pick them up and take them to their apartments. And a lot of times they would ask the question, where's my TV? Where's my car? Where's my stuff? And, and, you know, after a while, even the refugees would laugh about the new refugees coming who would ask those questions. Because they say, America is not a money tree. America is a place where you got to work, right, Janga? You have to work here. Yeah. You can't just like float along and find money all over the place. But here's what I put this slide in here for. The point in this teaching is that you and I be generous so much that we live in greater abundance that we can always give to a need. I want for each of us, and this is this is like not a church institutional thing I'm talking about, even though we need to be that as a, as a church institution, but it's for us individually, that we can be generous. Oh, do you have a need? You got to fix that car? Here's a hundred bucks. Here's 500 bucks. You, you need to pay that electricity bill? Boom, here it is. Here's a couple hundred. Right, it'd be good, right, Janga? It'd be good to be able to do that, to be generous, to help people out. And you know, uh, I want to, I want to just say that we have the chance to change the course of events of people's lives by our ability to give, give, give. My life has been changed by the generosity of other people. Um, Bill Johnson, who's a pastor of Bethel Church in Redding, California, says it this way. He says, "I am a general in an army." And my soldiers are my dollars that I send into battle for an eternal purpose. That's a pretty good image, isn't it? I'm a general in an army and my soldiers are my dollars that I send into battle for an eternal purpose. Now, here's a part of the service where I just wanted to pause and give chance for testimony. Does anybody here have a testimony in their life where by giving you've seen the abundance that God provides for you? Maybe you were struggling financially, but you gave faithfully, and then you saw God do a miracle. I want to see if, if we have uh, any testimonies here. Zim has one. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So does anybody else have a testimony? You want to share about how God has done something? Joel. If there's no growth, um, there's no um, when you are doing stuff, if there's no growth, then there won't be a reward. Okay, yeah, it's kind of like if you aren't giving, then you're not going to see growth, and then you get no fruit from that. Yeah, Chris, you look like you want to say something. I would love to hear from you, Chris. Yeah, Um, I'm going to share, though, this morning um, how God blessed our family when I was young. And my father was just a mechanic, and he was on strike, and he got hit in the eye with a baseball and was in the hospital. And we had no money, five kids, 
and um, my parents, and um, it was the church that helped us out and brought us boxes of food so that we could eat and, you know, came over to watch us kids while my mom went to the hospital to see my dad. So anyway, the church, the Lord really worked through the church to help our family during that time of need. And that is one of the most striking things I remember as a child Yeah, is having people bring over Kentucky Fried Chicken or whatever it was. I don't know. Oh, Pop-Tarts. Somebody worked at General Mills and brought us a case of Pop-Tarts. Man, that would be awesome. Oh, it was. And now I can't look at one because <laughs> we ate so many of them. Too but many that, Pop-Tarts. That um, gave me a, um, a base point to where I needed to be mm-hmm. and how to give and, and that we're a family when you're in a church. Yeah. So um, that's my young memory. Amen. Thank you for that, Chris. <laughs> well, um, some of you know that for the last couple of years, I've taught um, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University class right. uh, here. Um, and one of the things that Dave teaches is that when you're doing your monthly budget and you're, you're working out paying your bills and putting money into savings and paying your mortgage, that the first thing you do right at the top of the page is tithe. He says that, and it's true, if the first thing you do is tithe, everything else is easier. Yeah. Uh, there's no decisions to make at the end of the month, well, how much am I going to give to the? Because you've already given. Now, And that really looks good on paper. The amazing thing is the testimonies that come out in this class of people that have done it. Mm. That have, um, as you said, and it's, it says in the Word, that, you know, test me on this, and it works. Um, I've got one here. That will tell you how it works. Yeah. Um, when she says she has stories, uh, she gave an early story. She has stories from her whole life. Yeah. Um, and the Lord has blessed us. Amen. And continues to bless us daily. Amen. Thank you, Jeff. Well, since you talked about the financial peace thing, uh, I think I would want to talk about, I guess, I mean, there's a lot of stories I have, too, where uh, I've just been blessed by God. Um, just because sometimes as a college student, you don't have money but you have time so you can devote that but uh more recently brooke and i um well i had a bunch of debt from uh college loans and stuff like that and been able to continue to we decided when we were getting married that we were going to tithe no matter what and that we were going to give and hopefully be able to be a blessing to other people and also uh because in the new testament the old testament 10 percent is just an idea of a number to start off with in the new testament god says everything is mine and so we wanted to be able to give beyond the 10 percent and so since we've been giving that, uh, we, we actually were able to pay off our student loans and everything in a year and a half, and it was around $90,000, so just a lot of... Um, Thank you, Lord. So that Amen. was a, a huge blessing. Praise God. So. Yeah, awesome. Praise the Lord. Anybody else want to give a testimony? I don't want to cut it short. Be shared. So when I went back to California about maybe a year ago, and I didn't go to church there the entire year. And... My life just wasn't right, I want to say, because um, I wouldn't go to church. I My kids, I wouldn't take my kids to church either. But I came back to um, Colorado, and we were struggling because I didn't have a job here, but nor was I looking. So I started coming to church again, and Pastor Andy um, prayed several times that I would find a job. So while he was praying, in my mind, I was thinking, how am I going to find a job if I'm not even looking for it? <laughs> <laughs> 
So <laughs> I say, you know, thank you, Pastor Andy. And, you know, well, the job came to me. Okay. Honest. It came to me one day. Oh, they're looking for someone. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, can you start like two days later? I said, sure. <laughs> so at this time, we didn't have a place to live with my kids. And so we were kind of homeless. And I started working and I started making, you know, pretty decent money. And waitressing actually and I had never waitressed in my life so I started making decent money and I was trying to you know get money together to get a place for my kids and the church helped us as well you know financially and I finally got a place well now that we come to church with the kids I feel like God has helped me so much Amen. financially especially and the kids that um, I'm divorced um has been on and off jobs so sometimes i get the child support sometimes i don't so this is one of the times where i'm not gonna get it because again he decided to change jobs and you know he didn't like it so he quit but god gave me a job close to home because mm. i would drive about i don't know 40 minutes without traffic and with traffic it was over an hour and i was spending over 200 dollars in in gas well, now I won't spend that much. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because now I'm two minutes away. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't need daycare anymore. So now I can take the kids to school and pick them up. And so that money that Carlos gives me, you know, God replaced it Amen. with that new job. That's so, right. yeah, God has different ways He's of providing. Awesome. <laughs> let's applaud the Lord for that. Yeah. And let's have another applause for Marie because I kept trying to get her to give testimonies. And here she goes. She just gives it all up. Let's. Clap our hands for Marie, all right? Thank you, Marie, for that. I'm sorry. Michelle. 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 They both, that's There's right. Marie. Michelle. Marie's over here. Marie, would you like to give a testimony? Well, I have a different kind of testimony. I, I have, I'm pretty stingy, have been pretty stingy my whole life. I uh, grew up in a big family. One of my sisters lived with us. She had three kids by the time she was like 25. So we were always kind of suppressed and um, black my whole life. Well, today, and all week long, really, um, I, I like to watch Andy Stanley and his father, whatever his name is, in the morning on Sundays. And today, Andy's was about generosity. Huh. And I, I would plugged right into that because I know that I'm stingy. <laughs> and I, I do, there have been times when I've uh, given a lot, sometimes less. If I have a, something that big, big that has happened, um, I won't give, such as car repair or something else, some problem with my daughter or something. Jeff is so right about giving it right off the top because if you don't, then you won't. Right. Because That's if true. I had done that, I, I, I would probably, you know, be, um, I wouldn't be worried. I wouldn't be worried about what was going to happen because I paid for car repair or whatever. But it's so true, and I really, I really feel like God is talking to me about my stinginess. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm stingy with a lot of other things too. I was the last of five. Maybe that was it. I don't know. But I can, I'm I really hang on to it, and and I really want to let go. And I'm having trouble with that. And I think that God is helping me with that. And and I and I'm working on that. And I'm here to tell you that. And that's about it. Thank you, Marie. Thank you, Marie. No, but that's very very good, Marie. We need to hear that. We need to have these things addressed in our lives. And your sharing like that is just going to help loosen it up for everybody and for anybody listening on the, on the podcast. So 
We can change the course of events for people by our generosity. And we change the course of events for our own life by our own generosity. Come on. Isn't that true? Yeah. So I want you to know that Donna and I also have a testimony. We are totally committed to being generous, to tithing. We also have made decisions to tithe, to give more than our tithe. We give our 10% to the church, and then we give more than the 10%. Sometimes it was 5%, then we got it up to 7%. Then we get it up to another 10% to missions, to where it's like going outside of the local church to missions. And we've tried to stay with that, and we've done pretty well with that all of our married life since the time we were able to start that. And we also believe in giving to people who have a need. And so that's the abundance part that I'm talking about today. I want to be able to just have that extra to give to somebody who has a need. And I chose this picture that you see up here, the the hand as you're giving, but it's got this sparkling light in it. So it's that's the miracle factor. You might be giving $20, but it turns into $100 in that person's hand when you're giving it because it has the miracle factor to it. As you're giving, it multiplies out. So generosity means you're focused outside of yourself to whatever the need is, to whatever you notice on the outside and ready to receive help from you. We have to give it away from ourselves because that's where the miracle happens. If we're giving, you know, it's like <laughs> it's like the husband who gives his wife, you know, some cooking tools for for Christmas. It's like that's just to help him eat better, you know. He's giving for himself. So um, generosity changes everything. It changes everything about your life. It changes how you see other people. It changes how you see the circumstances. It changes how you see your community, your city, and your nation. So folks, I'm just talking to us about being generous. And the place to start on this next slide is we got to learn to pay our rent. Okay. On this next slide, it says the rent is due at the beginning of the month. And the rent I'm talking about is not the rent of your apartment or the house. It's your tithe. Your tithe is your rent. Our tithe is our rent payment for living on God's planet and breathing his air and drinking his water. You know, we don't <laughs> we don't have to pay to breathe. Thank God for that. We don't have to pay for the water uh, that, that we drink out of the stream, although Denver collects because they collect it for you and then send it off to your house. So they you got to pay them for water. But what I'm talking about is God gives so much. He lets the rain come down on the evil people as well as the good people. All of us get to receive from him. And so tithe is your rent. And what Marie said and Jeff said is so true. It has to be a payment you make. If you don't make it at the beginning of the month, the money won't be there at the end of the month. And here's the thing about the tithe. When you give your tithe, You're going to do more with the 90% that's left than the 100% you had without the tithe. Because the 100%, get this, the 100% comes with the devourer. The devourer comes with the 100%. But if you tithe, you get rid of the devourer and you got 90% to do everything with. And it's not going to get robbed and stolen from you. We've seen this happen in our life. Now, fortunately, we've just decided to tithe the whole time. So we've always been living in pretty much of an abundance. But when you don't tithe, this is from Malachi chapter 3. When you do not tithe, there's a devourer. That's the devil. He comes into your life and you haven't blocked him with your tithe. And so he comes into your hot water heater and he breaks it. 
and he, he breaks the furnace and the a circumstance will come in such a way that it will ruin something and so your savings is depleted. But when you're faithful with your tithe and you're living in a faithful way, a faith-filled way, you can see how that car that was supposed to die, it just keeps on going for another year. You get to see how when you're faithful with your tithe, that that, that furnace that should have died 10 years ago somehow keeps on going. That those things that, that make all the difference with, with those huge dollar items, they you're spared. And when they do die and fall apart, the provision is there for you. So pay your rent. That's the beginning. And then I'm going into the end of the sermon here now. In this last uh, scripture, this is from Philippians chapter 4. It's another scripture on generosity. Paul is saying, I know how to be brought low, meaning I know how to live with no money, and I know how to abound. I know how to live with a lot of money. You know, sometimes the worst thing to happen to a person is for them to get a bunch of money. You ever read about those lottery winners? Within a few years, they're just as poverty-stricken as they were before they won the lottery because they didn't know how to live with abundance. Or, the, yeah, it, it really discourages their life. I know how to be brought low, Paul says. I know how to live with just a little and be content. I know how to live with a lot. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. This is the secret to life because basically the joy and the the love of life comes separate from the money. The money doesn't have anything to do with the joy. But unfortunately, that's how we're taught to think throughout our life. And then this beautiful verse, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, we quote that verse a lot, and it's usually in the context of I've got a big challenge, I've got some trouble, and God's going to help me through. But really, the context of that verse is in financial provision. And the point of it is, I can, through Christ, be abundant in my giving. Through what Christ has given me, I can give everything. And my God will supply Every need. What did Judy say here before our tithes and offerings? He's the source. And my God will supply every need of yours. According to your bank account? No. According to your savings account? No. (laughs) According to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So today, folks, I feel like I'd like to end our service with a blessing. I'd like to pray a blessing over each of us financially. Now, what I'm saying is, I'm going to ask God to forgive debt. If you have debt, I'm just going to ask God to find a way to erase it. I mean, that was beautiful. 90,000 bucks, gone. Now, it took some diligence on their part, I'm sure. But, you know, to be able to get rid of that debt in a short amount of time is incredible. And, and you have to kind of become fanatical with debt in order to erase it. But I'm going to ask God to do miraculous things, to erase debt in your lives for anybody who's here today who needs that. And I'm going to pray. I want us to pray for provision to come to you in whatever way you need. And I'm going to pray, and some of us really need this one. We need some diligence and discipline to do the tithe and to be generous. Generosity is a discipline. So I'm going to ask you today to take a step of faith. Say, okay, God, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to look for needs, and I'm going to look for ways that I can supply for those needs. Maybe it's to sell something in order to give it away. Maybe it's to go and work a few extra hours in order to have that for my friend who has a need. Those kinds of things I'm asking for. May God provide through us. So I'm going to ask you all to stand, and I want to uh, 
I want to pray these impossible prayers for the erasing of debt, for the erasing of debt, for the discipline to tithe, and for God's provision as your generous. Okay, may God make us a prosperous church. As we're closing, I just want to say, we as a church are in need to cover our expenses, and we're getting ready in 2017 to go find a new place to live. And we're going to need the generosity of the body. But I believe God's going to do it. So today is like a step of faith. I'm just making a step in this sermon. I don't like to talk about this. I really don't. Because uh, because uh, people feel like, oh, the church, all they want is your money. And that is not how I feel, which is why I avoid the topic. I'm grateful for the tithes. And I'm grateful for the offerings that people give. But it's an area of discipline that the Lord has told me you need to talk to people about. You need to make a decision your tithe. As you take that step of faith, you're going to see God provide. And we're going to start with this prayer today. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for this church. And I pray for the individuals in this room. Lord, we all want to be in abundance. We want to be generous people. I believe that about each and every one. We want to be the kind of people who can go and buy a bag of groceries for a friend who's in need. We want to be the kind of people who can write that check for a huge amount, a bigger amount than we've ever written in our lives and be able to give it away and see you do amazing things with it. Lord, I want to uh, just confess that I want to see myself do that myself as the pastor in the church to be able to lead in giving. Lord, I pray that you will erase debt in Jesus' name. Debt be erased. In Jesus' name, do a miraculous thing this week, Lord, for any and all in this room who are facing giant debt and they just feel overwhelmed by it. God, would you erase it for them in Jesus' name? Break it, break the power of it over their life. Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for the discipline needed in each and every person here, in each and every person. The discipline needed, the discipline needed to tithe faithfully and to give. Lord, I pray for your abundance. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.